Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or you're watching us on YouTube, we are so glad that you're joining us today. And we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. How's it going today, Mo? Hey, what's going on, Amber? I got my full cup of coffee today, and I'm ready to go. So uh, let's do this. Well, Mo, I don't think that we can talk about becoming better leaders without talking about one of the most influential leaders of our time, or really all time, which is Mother Teresa. Now, I think we all know about the work that Mother Teresa did caring for the sick and the poor, but I'll admit I didn't know what type of leader she was until I really became a student of leadership. And then I found out she was not just a compassionate, caring person, but she was a powerhouse leader. So she founded her Missionaries of Charity in 1950. And then as you know, she passed away in 1997. But in, in an interview done in 2012 with one of her key leaders, we realized that by that time, there was over 4,500 nuns working for this organization in 133 countries. That's 15 years after she had passed away. And I was thinking about, you know, how is it that somebody who had a philosophy of caring for people, of just, you know, care for one person at a time, how is it that they they grow such a huge organization. And in this interview with her leader, she said these three things about Mother Teresa's leadership style. She said she played an active role in the orientation of every new team member. And she made every effort to get to know the person's strengths and their needs. And then she was always focused on others. And that one person at a time, that focusing on one person at a time philosophy actually helped her grow an incredible organization which had global impact. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today is that the fact that leaders are multipliers. And we're gonna cover three things today on how leaders can do that. So why don't you tell us what is the first action that leaders can take? Yeah, I'd love to. And I remember when Mother Teresa passed away because I was I just started college and she was such a powerhouse that, you know, it was like, wow, what a great leader. And what you just said about her really does, I mean, you could really just read a book on Mother Teresa. You wouldn't even have to listen to anything, but we're, we're glad you're here. So, <laughs> uh, but she really was about other people. And like you said, she was about one person at a time. And so with that segue, I wanted to talk about the first thing today, which is this. Leaders listen to others. And talk about somebody who listens to others, Mother Teresa, right? I mean, what, what a great lead-in for that. And so anyone who sat down with me long enough uh, and, and has been doing stuff with me has heard me say about leadership that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I always hear people talking about that on TV and it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's politicians or sports people or business people or whatever, but they're always talking about the smartest person in the room. And the way that I see it, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If you don't have people around you as a leader, um, to get the job done, you're not going to be able to get the job done because the goal should be bigger than you. And so if you want to be a great leader out there, and if you want to be as smart as you can be, which we always want to do, right? You need to surround yourself with people who can understand your vision. Now, 
that's what's going to set you up for team success. But for your people to understand your vision, you first have to help them know that you understand them and you need to understand the people that you're working with. There's a great quote by Andy Stanley, and it says this, leaders who don't listen are eventually going to be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. (laughs) And leaders, you don't want to be that person because if you want to be a great leader, you have to help people take your lead. What do you mean by help people take your lead? Yeah, well, people need to know where you're going and people need to know that they're on a team that is actually going to get something done. And so the the first thing that that I look for in others, for instance, um, is what, what can I do to bring the best out in others? Which it's easy for most of us, including myself, to know that there's a couple of things that we need most. Some people are a jack of all trades, right? And they're a master of none. Well, I, as a leader, choose to be a master of maybe one or two things, but surround myself with people who can do the rest. So I guess the first question is for our leaders today is, what are you good at? And what do you need to give away to everybody else? Because leaders, we talk about solving problems all the time. That's what we do, right? But the real question is, can you keep your your, your mouth uh, shut long enough uh, to help other people bring out their ideas? Because I can tell you this, most people out there, not, not most, but, but a lot of people, maybe sometimes even in the majority, don't feel like their ideas are being heard because they're not being listened to. And that's not just a knock on whatever company you're, you're in out there, but a lot of companies, right? Because everybody is trying to have a voice. Everybody wants to be smart. Everybody wants to be the person who brings something good. And so I, I know that, that you probably think, leaders, that you're a great listener and you look at people in the eyes as, as, as much and as long as you can. But I would say that if you took a secret poll of people at work that you lead, and ask them on that sheet of paper, um, and they were transparent, um, and you were asked, does this person listen? You would probably be shocked to know that you probably don't listen as well as you think you do. Well, what does somebody do about that? Like, if I'm not a good listener and nobody's telling me I'm not listening, how do I fix that? Like, How do you fix a problem you don't know exists? Yeah, I remember growing up, uh, I learned this early on before I even knew. And I think my, my mom was was a, a great a leader in my life. And she used to say this, and you've all heard this from some, this isn't her quote, but she would say, look, you have two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not just talking about just being quiet for quiet's sake and just wait for your turn to talk. Because how many times have you met somebody and forgot their name before the end of the conversation. I remember sometimes I just, I'm listening to somebody and I have that blank stare and I'm thinking, oh man, I totally forgot this person's name. Well, that's because back then I, I, w- I didn't really work on the skill of listening and hearing somebody. And it's, it's not just enough to, to just look and wait, but you really need to listen and hear. You see, there's a difference between listening to somebody and actually hearing what they say. Yeah, I've heard it said, you know, you should listen to Mm. hear, don't listen to respond. And, you know, we get so, we hear somebody start to talk and then we get so engrossed in thinking about what we are going to say in response that we're not even listening to what they're actually saying. Right. And when I deal with decision makers like business owners, team leads, high powered execs, the first thing that I do with them is 
I asked them, are you asking for genuine input from your people? And you would be surprised. A lot of times they just look at me and just like I hit them over the head with a, <laughs> with a two by four. And then I'll ask them, when's the last time that you got a really good idea from somebody on your team and followed through on it? And again, a lot of times it's just blank stares because you have to remember that the one reason that you're the leader is because people have chosen to follow you. Otherwise, you're what I like to call a glorified manager. <laughs> and if you want people to follow you, you need to believe that you can understand them. And your people need to also believe the same thing, that they can be understood by you. Because they don't care how smart you are. Um, and they, they especially don't care about how smart you think you are, right? <laughs> and so let, let, let me drive home the point by saying this, because each person that you come into contact with is so complex and there's so much going on in their lives. Just remember that what they really want to feel as Sigmund Freud once said is to be appreciated. And you, you can't appreciate somebody if you're not listening to them, if you're not hearing them, your job as a leader is to do more than just listen. It's to hear what your people are saying, not filter it through what you want to hear because you need to get your ego out of the way and you need to actually start listening and hearing people more and better. Yeah. You know, my <laughs> family has kind of coined the term, the Amber spin, <laughs> because I, you know, I, I can take what somebody, the word somebody actually says, and I do filter it through what I think they actually meant to say. And then I respond to that. And I'm not proud of it, but I am finally aware of it and trying to work on it. But it really is an ego issue. Right, really. And, and Amber, okay, give me an example of the Amber spin. What's something that your family maybe has told you to be completely vulnerable and transparent <laughs> on the spot, of course? <laughs> um, tell, me, tell me about the Amber spin. Well, you know, now I can't speak for all women, but ladies, if you're out there, I think we can be honest and admit this is a special skill that we have <laughs> because, you know, so an example I think would be like if somebody were to say, hey, your hair looks really good today. What that means is your hair looks really good today. Right. What I decide it means is every other day my hair looks terrible <laughs> <laughs> that I'm upset and so it's you know it's ridiculous but that it's right. that kind of thing it's that spin instead of listening for what they actually right. say it's deciding what they meant yeah, to that, say that makes sense so well what is the second action that leaders need to take to be multipliers yeah the, the second thing that leaders need to do if they want to be multipliers is this leaders lift others up I mean, after you listen to your people, you really need to take that next step and you really need to lift them up. There's a great quote by uh, Harvey Firestone and it says this, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. Leaders, are you living by that calling? The growth and development that you really need to be giving to your people because nothing is more important than developing your people. And as Firestone said, that is the calling of leadership. Do you feel called to be a leader? Do you feel like this is kind of what you need to be doing? Because if you do, you need to be in the business of, of lifting people up. And if you're not lifting people up, then I have news for you. You really need to go back to the drawing board. Well, you know, last week we talked about finding the balance between results and relationship. So how, how can somebody who's really results driven focus on lifting other people up? 
Well, let me, let me ask our leaders out there this. When is the last time that you recognize somebody for the great work that they're doing? We all love financial bonuses and trips to Tahiti and all that other good stuff. But, you know, really, we want to be lifted up. Are you lifting your people up? Because bringing out the best in others is about identifying the good stuff. Blanchard and Johnson say in their book, The One Minute Manager, that we've mentioned before, that we need to be catching people doing something right. We're all too familiar and good at catching people doing something wrong, right? I mean, we, we're all looking for, for somebody to, to get something wrong. But when we catch people doing something right and recognize them, whether it's in private, and especially when it's in front of their peers, that's going to boost both the individual's morale and the morale of the team. And you watch. When you start to catch people doing something right and good, other people are going to start wanting to jump in and jump on that train. Everybody needs a little bit of recognition. We all love a good pat on the back. I, I love that phrase, catch people doing something right. And Mo, I'll admit, I actually haven't read the One Minute Manager yet. Oh, man. So I, I think I need to get that That's on my right. list. <laughs> So what is the third and final thing that leaders can do to be multipliers? Yeah, the third thing is this, and this one is, is really important, and it's, it's a little bit complicated, and so we're going to simplify it right here. Leaders lean into others. And I know what you're thinking. I'm on, uh, you know, I'm the leader of my people, and my people need to respect me, right? <laughs> That's what you're thinking out there. And if they sense any kind of weakness, it's like chum in the water, and these, these people are just going to eat me alive like a bunch of sharks. Well, I have news for you. Your people already know your weaknesses, and um, they are not fooled by what you're trying to do to cover up <laughs> those weaknesses. And so let, let me illustrate by saying this. One of the main exercises that I take upper level management execs through all the time is a self-assessment, but that's not the best part, right? Everybody does those. It's really common in consulting and coaching to do that. But following that, I give that very same assessment to the people on their team and have the people on their team assess those leaders on the exact same questions. So if you're not honest about what you're good at and what you're bad at, trust me, I'm going to know really fast by listening to what your people say about you because they know they talk about you at the water cooler or, or the coffee machine or on the Slack channels. Your people are not dumb. They know. Yeah. Well, Andy Stanley says that the higher you get up in a company or, or organization, the further removed from reality you actually are. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. Imagine if you continue to move up the ladder of success, which I really hope that everybody out there, that's part of your aspirations, right? You, you want to move up the ladder so that you can influence more people. You don't want to move up so that you can be better and get more recognition, but you want to be able to help more people. And so if you're striving for that, whether you're trying to increase your, your own leadership abilities or your skills, never forget where you came from or who you are, which is what my dad always used to tell me. And, and it was it was a it was a great lesson for my dad always to bring me down and to and to really humble me at times because my dad was somebody who was great at relationships and to, to the day he died the people that would speak about him would talk about the relationship that they had with my father and it's all about relationships right I mean that's what great leaders do and, and in fact Amber to to further your point John Maxwell wrote a book 
called the five levels of leadership. And I know we've talked about it before, but I'm going to, I'm going to plug it again. Um, and in this book, he says that as you increase your leadership abilities, and as you start from the bottom level or level one, and you move up to the next level, level two and above, you never get rid of working in the levels below. You're always there. If it, it, when you move from level one to level two, you're still on level one for the rest of your life in some capacity. When you move from level two to level three, you're still now at level two and level one. And, and, and we keep adding those people of influence at those levels in our lives. So if you end up becoming, for instance, a level four leader, which would be incredible if you can become a level, level four leader in your life, you're always going to be working in some capacity in your company at the three levels under that. And probably with several people on each level, because people need different things from you. Remember, we, we've talked about before that we need to treat every every relationship as an individual relationship, just like Mother Teresa did, right? You're never too good. <laughs> You're never too good to leave a level of leadership. And I always remember that. In fact, it just makes it more difficult for you, which to your point, Amber, is why so many executives are removed from reality at some point in their climb, right? And, and that's why the best thing that comes out of the self-assessment exercise that, that I take people through is that I hope leaders at some point realize that they need to lean into others and they can do that by leaning on others. We need to lean on people, right? Uh, we, we, we need to, to figure out what we do really well and then lean on our team for the other stuff, the things that we're not very good at, which leaders, I know you think you're good at everything, but you're only good at maybe one or two things. And your team is like, I wish my leader didn't think that he or she was so good at these things because they're not. And if they just let me do it, I could do so many cool things for the company. You need to let your people do that. And when you do that, you're going to start making big changes and in a positive man, in a positive manner. Remember, leaders who strive to bring out the best in others also need to lean on those people and get them to excel at what they do. Now, of course, leaning on others is just part of the leaning into others, right? And, and, and we're actually going to go more into depth uh, on that in, in a podcast coming up here in the future. But the reason that you want to have this part of your business leadership model is that you will make sure that you never expire in the shelf life <laughs> in, in being a leader. You will always be fresh. Every obstacle needs to be seen by new angles. And you can't do that until you employ the thoughts and resources around you, which are your people. They know those problems. They are waiting for you to ask for their input, right? That's again, why we need to listen to people. You can only think one way leaders. I mean, you've only got one way of doing things. I mean, you, you, you try to, to have, have different ways of, of seeing things from, from other ways, but the best way to do that is through your people. Keep your team diverse in thought. And I promise you this, that the more voices that you have speaking into the problems and concerns on your team, the better you're going to be and the better you're going to be able to navigate and see new possibilities. I think this statement, you can only think one way is really significant because we've all heard people say, I just, I need to get away and look at this from different perspectives or different angles. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take some time, but if you really want to see things from different angles and different perspectives, if you're really insisting on finding the best possible solution, not just being the one with the solution, we've got to surround ourselves with people that think different than us, that can see things from a different perspective. And that's really key. And I think, you know, we mentioned ego earlier, like that's another big ego issue is to 
I don't need to be the person to have all the answers. I need to surround myself with the, the best minds to look at all of the possibilities. So that's a really good reminder for all of yeah, us. Yeah, and Amber, can, can, so can, I, we, can I say this but before, yeah. but before we, we move on? When we get away, I, I love that they said, you know, um, it is important to get away, right? And, and, and see things from a different angle. But why not just get those people, right, in your organization to give you those different angles that already exist? They are already right there. They are waiting. And I'm telling you, all that, that, that weekend that, that you're trying to, to schedule in and, and, and get your family to kind of give you just a little bit more time away so that you can work on these business issues and all the things that you need to get ready to do so that you can make those happen, you can just go to your business tomorrow. You can go to your company tomorrow and say, hey, I need to see this from a different angle. How can I see that? And I'm telling you, when you are genuine about it, people are going to, they're going to love it. They're waiting. They want to help in the process because they want to see the company get better and they want to get better. Yeah, it's just a philosophy switch of not being the one who has the answers, but being the one that brings out the answers that are already in your people and giving them an opportunity to do what they're best right. at. So as we end this episode, Mo, what are your final thoughts for our leaders today? Yeah, leaders, if you want to be multipliers, you need to look at everything around you and whether it's the productivity um, or, or, or anything else that you need to get done, you need to push your focus outward because as leaders, we need to know exactly what is going on at all times. And sometimes we don't know that. And so when we bring other people along and we decide to become those multipliers of people, we're going to be able to, to use their goodness, their gifts, the things that they do well, and it's going to make the entire team get better. So leaders, you know, use what, what, what's at your fingertips, the best resource that you have, your people. And I'm telling you, people are going to love that you ask them and they're going to love to help make the company get better. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you everybody for joining us. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today and we look forward to seeing you next time.